As a way to honor all of the mothers on here, from now through Mother's Day weekend, you can grab the My Essential Birth course and get the new bonus birth affirmations track plus matching birth affirmation cards and get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot. Or you can be one of the first five to bundle and save grabbing the My Essential Birth and Postpartum course. And I will personally send you a handmade 100% muslin cotton belly bind with your bonus tutorial video. Plus you get all the bonuses from before the birth affirmation track, matching birth affirmation cards, and you get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot totaling $247 worth of goodies. Head to myessentialbirth.com forward slash get started and join me in the birth course today. Happy Mother's Day. Welcome to the My Essential Birth Podcast. I'm Courtney. And I'm Stephanie. And we're professional doulas, childbirth educators, and the creators of My Essential Birth, the holistic, empowering online childbirth education course helping mothers everywhere confidently achieve their best birth. So join us each week as we share tips and advice for all things pregnancy, birth, and beyond. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you can be the first to get new content. And head over to www.myessentialbirth.com for more information about our birth course and to join a community of mamas just like you. Before we get started, we would like to invite you to leave a review for this podcast in iTunes. It's a brand new show and it's really important in the launch of a new podcast to gather reviews. Will you please help us spread the word by leaving a review so that more mamas have a chance of finding this podcast when they search for one? We read every single review and we promise to keep doing that. We love what everyone, all of you ladies have been saying about the Pregnancy and Birth Made Easy podcast here with My Essential Birth. So thank you everyone for your continued support. So what are your other options for infertility? We're going to get into later suggestions you can do, lifestyle changes, maybe some dietary changes. But in in any case of infertility or miscarriage, you do have the option for IUI or IVF, and those stand for intrauterine insemination or in vitro fertilization. And the thing is, this isn't without its risks too. And it's hard. I hate that I saw something that just kind of made me cringe where some IVF specialist was offering packages and they seemed like such a gamble to me. Like you Mm. could do one IVF treatment for 10,000 or if you pay 30,000, you can have unlimited till you get pregnant. I just feel like, especially couples who are usually wanting to have children might not always be financially totally established with everything paid off. And do you know what I mean? I, I hate that that's the case, but there's no guarantee um, IUI is about $400 on average. That's here in Utah. Yeah. Yeah. Depending on where you go, it's, um, IVF on average is about $12,000, um, and more money for more cycles that you attempt to try. Um, why don't you tell us about the IUI process? Yeah. So IUI, intrauterine insemination, um, generally the mom is taking like Clomid or Fomara, like we talked about, it'll help her grow a nice strong egg or a couple of them that'll drop off. And then the intrauterine part um, and the insemination part is your partner, you'll use that sperm, he'll separately from you, and they kind of like suck it up into a test tube, right? And turkey then, baster. A little bit of a turkey baster. Um, but they use just this really, really tiny um, tube that goes through the cervix and all the way to the very back of the uterus, and they drop off the swimmers there so that... Sometimes I think what happens and what they talk about is even um, the pH in your vagina mm-hmm. can have an issue. There's there's basically 
some right or yeah. scar tissue or there's some issues that you can bypass by just getting past the cervix and all the way through to the end of the uterus um for me i didn't i haven't done iui yet but it was super painful to have anything in my cervix so when i did it i did um valium and then i also took percocet and ibuprofen with it um because it was that painful and that was another thing. He didn't believe me. And he basically looked at me like, I can't believe you took the Percocet after I said not to take the Percocet. And I was like, I know how painful this is. I've done it twice. Like, back off, buddy. But basically, with IUI, you can't do that. They'll give you a Valium if you need it because it wears off quick. But you can't be taking medications that can harm your baby. So. And then with IVF, this is where they actually take the egg. Um, they fertilize it with the sperm. And then they implant it directly into your uterus. Yeah. So egg and sperm are outside of mom and dad's body and then are put back in. Okay. So I want to take a moment and I want you to share your experience with our listeners. Yeah. So we've talked a lot about infertility, um, not in the sense of not getting pregnant, but there's also the other side of it where you can get pregnant, no problem, but you have repeated miscarriages often, like I said, before 10 weeks. And this was totally the scenario my husband and I had our very first pregnancy ever. Um, We got pregnant right away. And my first one ended up being something called an ectopic pregnancy. Mm -hmm. This is where um, the fertilized egg gets stuck in the fallopian tube and starts to implant and grow there outside of the uterus. Um, This can actually be life-threatening. And um, I just remember, I want to say it was around six weeks. I was about six weeks pregnant. And um, I just woke up in excruciating, doubled over, I can't move, I can't walk, sobbing kind of pain. And so we called my OB right away. They had me come in, um, took one look at me, sent, you know, did an ultrasound right there in the office. And at six weeks, they're having to do a vaginal ultrasound Mm. and saw that I had an ectopic. And it was get her over to the hospital immediately because the concern there is that if um, if it gets so big that it ruptures your fallopian tube, that can cause all kinds of problems. Obviously, you lose that fallopian tube, um, but it, anyway, it, it's not it's not good. So I immediately was taken into surgery, and that was obviously very emotional. I was crying already because I was in pain, but also knowing that you had a baby and that you weren't going to have that baby anymore to accept that reality so quickly is is hard and you certainly can't process it all in that moment so they did a, a laparoscopic surgery i had three small incisions they went in there and fortunately in my case they were able to save the fallopian tube although i wonder now i'm sure there was scar tissue there mm-hmm. anyway about a month and a half later we got pregnant again when your body's kind of in the in the thick of doing that it's likely to happen so excited everything's going to go right this time Um, And this time it it implanted in the right place, you know, all systems go. And then we had a miscarriage right around, I want to say eight or nine weeks. Um, And we were devastated, heartbroken. This was the second loss in a period of about four months, which was really hard on us. And then we went through a period of time for about a year where we just um, couldn't get pregnant. I suspected that I had some more early miscarriages during that time. We moved out of state. 
met with a doctor there because I knew that something was wrong. I knew that something wasn't working right in my body. I'd read all the stuff that said it's not my fault, there's nothing wrong, there's nothing I could have done, baby just wasn't forming properly, and that didn't really give me any comfort at all, especially when people are like, oh, the body that God was making for your baby just wasn't perfect, and Mm. I I don't know why that actually made me more angry Mm -hmm. to hear that. We'll talk later about things to say to people and things (laughs) not to say, and that was when I didn't like. So I met with an OB. And he told me the same spiel. It's fine. You guys will be fine. You're young. You'll get pregnant. No problem. I called around, found another provider, met with him, and he dove in. How long have you, tell me about your experiences. How many weeks were you? Really was asking all the questions. And he goes, I think that you have a lack of progesterone. I think that if we get you on a vaginal progesterone suppository, which is just like how it sounds, it's, um, it looks like a little hard bullet of progesterone that you shove vaginally twice a day. He goes, I think if we do this next time you get pregnant, try it. Um, and I think it'll help you sustain a pregnancy. And sure enough, it did. So I want you to know that if you know instinctually that there's something wrong and maybe you've even been to a doctor and they've told you it's fine, it's fine, but you know, there's something wrong. Don't stop until you find somebody who's willing to dive deep with you and figure out what the root cause is going on there. So anyway, we had um, we had our little Asher and that was so exciting. And we thought kind of all our problems were behind us. We know we know how it works now. We just need these progest- <laughs> progesterone suppositories. Right. And so um, there was some hesitation that when Asher was about nine months old, we were like, well, if it's going to take two or so years, we better get it better get a move on it. We got pregnant immediately, had baby number two. Um, they were 18 months apart. And um, anyway, I won't go through each and every single one, but I want you to know this. We had another miscarriage, even with the progesterone suppositories in between babies two and three. Devastated by that. Here I thought I had my Dumbo's feather. Why, why <laughs> right. didn't this work this time? I don't understand. Um, anyway, we had baby number three, no problem, about two and a half years after his older brother. Um, and then baby number four snuck in there 18 months later. So we had four kids in five years, but we had the, you know, at least two pregnancy losses before our first, we had another pregnancy loss in between babies two and three. And then when our little girl was, um, was, I don't know, maybe a year and a half or so, we we had been working with an IUD because we'd had four kids in five years. We didn't mm. want them so close together, right? And um, I got pregnant with an IUD in. Oh, my goodness. Now, this is where I got a little frustrated with my um, my midwife postpartum. We were talking to her about birth control options. I didn't want to do anything that was going to mess with my hormones. We, you know, an IUD seemed like a good fit. She didn't look into my history enough to see that I had had an ectopic pregnancy and if you've had an ectopic pregnancy, you are not a good candidate for an IUD. Um, your chance of having another ectopic pregnancy are really, really high. So I did. I got pregnant with an IUD, and this is very um, risky. And they told me we're going to have to remove the IUD. We just have to. You can't grow a baby with one in there. And when they did, I miscarried. So that was heartbreaking, but I wasn't too down about it because I was like, oh, it's okay. It must be time. God's ready for us to have another baby. Took the IUD out, got pregnant not long after that. And this last one was an ectopic pregnancy, again, on the other fallopian tube. Oh, wow. So now I've had two tubes. Um, they were Again, they were able to save the tube and everything like that. But um, this last time I hemorrhaged for about three hours in the OR, my husband thought he 
he was going to be a widow with these four young children. Um, and we're going to get into the emotional side of things next, but I will tell you, I was really good at pregnancy and birth. I have those pregnancies that make you want to slap someone, <laughs> you know, like I don't get sick. I didn't get nauseous. Um, I thinned down everywhere, but my cute little belly, um, my acne would clear up. I was happy. And to top it all off, I, I got birth. I was really good at it. And I understood the process and how to do it. And I, I loved giving birth. It was a joy for me. And so when we prayed about whether or not to have more children and felt that the answer was no, yet in my heart, I felt like we had more. That was really hard to reconcile. How do I give up something that I love, that I'm so good at? How do I give up on that feeling like we were meant to have more children? Um, really feeling like it wasn't my choice to not be having any more children. That was that was hard. Sorry, I'm no. sitting here blubbering as we're you recording. You can blubber. <laughs> and I'm sitting here like, I don't care if that's what I'm being told. <laughs> right? It's, it um, is hard. But it is. And I think that's kind of the emotional side for any women going through infertility is that it's hard when it's not what you want. It's hard when it's not the path that you would have chosen for yourself. It's hard when you see women around you getting pregnant and doing gender reveals and having baby showers or going to church and seeing all these cute little bumps and you're there. Or having unwanted pregnancies. Right. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. and doing horrible things to get rid it's, it's hard when you're not in the driver's seat all the time. Yeah. Okay. So with that, let's move into the emotional side of things, um, which is a pretty heavy part that we've talked about all the physical stuff, but again, mental game. Um, this is what's happening behind the scenes. So I, I just want to yell out from a rooftop. It doesn't matter if you've had no babies one baby or a dozen, it doesn't make it any easier. No. You know, Courtney just shared her experience. I certainly have felt that way. And I've even had this weird back and forth guilt about it. Like, what are you upset about? Uh, you have three babies, Stephanie. Like, pull it together. It doesn't... You're not grateful. You yeah. can go home and cuddle. I, I get where yeah. people are coming from on that, but it, it doesn't make it any easier. It doesn't. And I... So just know that it's normal to feel that way no matter where you're at. And that being a mother is a natural desire. So it doesn't go away just because you've had a baby. In fact, sometimes I believe it can become stronger from having children, realizing really what role you feel like you want to step into and all this love that you have for these little babies. Um, yeah, it can become stronger. Courtney kind of touched on this too. Um, and I'm still in denial. I'm still forcing this really hard, guys. <laughs> but we don't always get to decide. Um, sometimes we can do all the things. Now, I haven't done all the things, but sometimes we can do all the things. You can do IVF, you can do the IUI, you can do all the drugs, and it just, it doesn't happen. So it's not always on us. Some women get pregnant and they can't keep a baby, and, and that's hard too. Um, you get to have that joy. I feel like it kind of takes your innocence away, though, in the process. Yeah. Um, because I remember after we'd had those losses, Anytime I would get a positive pregnancy test, of course I was excited. I desperately wanted that baby, but I was also very guarded. Yeah. Um, I didn't. I didn't want to jump all in because I knew now what could happen and yeah. how that could. Um, that baby might not get to stay with us. And um, what's interesting for me with that? So we've had a couple of miscarriages too. They've all been super early, but um, earlier on before we had kids, it wasn't 
it wasn't like it didn't bother me for whatever I can't explain why but it didn't but after having a baby and then having a miscarriage in between that it surprised me at how much it hit me and that was at the same time that the last one was which was just right at about six weeks so it yeah and like Stephanie mentioned it's especially hard when you I had to quit watching the news I didn't want to hear about women who you know did horrible things to the babies that they didn't want to have. Um, that was really hard because I kind of, <laughs> I, I think in my mind I was going, okay, God, like she got to have a baby, yeah. but I don't like, that seems kind of not right. You know, it's, it's hard to see, um, the purpose sometimes behind yeah. why some totally. get babies and some don't, especially when they don't even want them. Yeah. Um, and then there's, we want to talk about just some ways to support each other Mm -hmm. because, um, some women, like they don't mind being asked and others really do. So if people know that you're trying, um, like me, I didn't mind, I don't mind any time if anybody asks me, are you pregnant or how are things going? It doesn't bother me at all, but I am very, very aware that it is very sensitive for other women. So just being really cautious, um, and careful knowing before asking maybe how that would be received. As a way to honor all of the mothers on here, from now through Mother's Day weekend, you can grab the My Essential Birth course and get the new bonus birth affirmations track plus matching birth affirmation cards and get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot. Or you can be one of the first five to bundle and save grabbing the My Essential Birth and Postpartum course. And I will personally send you a handmade 100% muslin cotton belly bind with your bonus tutorial video. Plus you get all the bonuses from before the birth affirmation track, matching birth affirmation cards, and you get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot, totaling $247 worth of goodies. Head to myessentialbirth.com forward slash get started and join me in the birth course today. Happy Mother's Day. Yeah, I'm the kind of person where I need to talk things out in order to process them. Mm -hmm. So I didn't like people asking me, so are you guys pregnant yet? And if you have, um, maybe you have younger siblings, maybe you have friends, they've been married for a couple of years. I think that the temptation is to ask, so are you guys going to be having kids? I'm guilty of this. I've done the same thing in the past, but I've known too many women now who you realize that they've actually been trying maybe from the day they got married or wherever. And, um, And so just maybe don't ask them that because in the end it's it's between them anyway and really I understand that we want to know each other and we want to share those things um I I know for me it was really helpful to talk it out but I didn't ever want to be asked are you guys trying for kids I just wanted to be asked how are you doing Mm -hmm. and actually mean it you know I've had people where they ask me that and I can tell they're looking for that I'm fine how are you but I've had people who like hold my gaze and don't let go until I actually tell them how I'm doing and that helps and along with that, um, just to remember, like, offer love, that listening and encouragement. I think anytime anybody's going through a struggle, it's just really important to know that they've got some kind of support mm-hmm. and someone like an ear to listen. Um, I think it's really sweet to like, I love getting handwritten letters. I just love it. Who doesn't love mail? I know. That's why Amazon's so awesome. I know. <laughs> and why if you ever have to return anything, if you're like me, it takes like 60 days. I'm like, I don't know. Like, I like stuff coming to me, yeah. not going out. <laughs> but writing a handwritten letter that um, just lets them know that you love them, you're thinking about them, you know, let, just being a part of somebody's thoughts, I think is really sweet. I promise that you, if you set the intention and if you want to do this through prayer, I think that's a great way to do it. If that's not you, it's okay. If you mentally set the intention of, um, 
how can I support so-and-so and really keep them in your thoughts? Mm-hmm. Um, I promise that little ideas, inspiration will yeah. come to you and you'll know how to support them as they walk through this. I like that. That's really true. Um, and then making sure that you encourage them or if it's you to reach out to a therapist if needed. Um, there's only so much talking I think I can do with a friend or a loved one um, where you know they're emotionally involved. It really takes somebody that is not part of my immediate mm-hmm. circle um, to be able to talk those things out and get the help that I need. Yeah. So let's talk about things that we haven't enjoyed people saying to us. I shared that I didn't like it when people were telling me, oh, that body just wasn't the right one for that baby. It just wasn't a perfect body for that baby. I didn't, that, I don't know, that was so off-putting to me to hear. Mm-hmm. I didn't appreciate that. Yeah, and mine was similar, like, well, if it's meant to be, it'll be, you know. <laughs> I don't even care if that's true. <laughs> I don't want to hear that. Yeah, Sometimes too, I think a lot of people struggle with, am I worthy? Am I loved? And sometimes that gets right to the root core of, well, am I unworthy to not have? Exactly. It's deep, y'all. And if you've been through it before, you you know how it is. Oh, this one, especially for you and I who have gone through stuff, telling me that I already have however many kids, in your case, three. In my case, we had four. Yeah. Um, when others have, you know, other people don't have any kids and you've already got three or you've already got four. So just be grateful. Of course, of course. Yeah. I cherish all my children I have. That doesn't mean that I don't want more. Right. And I, I've had friends even recently that have made comments like that. And um, I have to remind myself that it doesn't come from a, a place of being mean or any ill will. So um, I, I do have to pull back and realize that, but I can't help how it feels hearing it. Like yeah. that initial just like, oh, that was a stab to my heart, you know? <laughs> like, um, yeah. And I think it's this fine line. I know we just said ask them how they're doing, but maybe not like, you know, but also be careful not to ask too much. There, yeah. There's a line. We're just going to trust that you guys can pick up on on that because mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to describe because <laughs> it's going to be different for each person. Very true. Yeah. I just want to share a quote that was powerful and helpful to me when we have struggled with um, fertility. And I feel like it's it's one of those things where I still long for more children, but especially if you haven't had children um, yet, I want to share something with you. So the quote is from Sherry Dew, and um, and if you're not a religious person, just take from it what you will and leave what you don't, but this spoke volumes to me. It says, while we tend to equate motherhood solely with maternity, meaning having children, in the Lord's language, the word mother has layers of meaning. Of all the words they could have chosen to define her role and her essence, both God the Father and Adam called Eve the mother of all living, and they did so before she ever bore a child. You are a mother. It's inherent in your DNA, and it's a part of who you are. And so it makes sense that you have this longing and this desire, but please know that you are a mother, and you are capable of mothering and I just, I believe that with my whole heart. I like that. Um, We want to jump into some things that are helpful to boost fertility. So if maybe some of this did kind of spark some interest for you and it's not stuff that you've done before, haven't heard before, these are things that go along with helping a body to be prepared to have a baby. So one of the ways to help be healthy is to be at a healthy weight. And you'll know what this means for you. We certainly don't encourage extremes of any kind. Yeah. Um, but just 
try to maintain a healthy weight. If you know that there's some weight that you maybe need to let go of or weight that you need to gain, um, work to help yourself be healthy, not with the idea of what the scale says or what you look like, but get your body in a healthy weight range. Yeah. And there, there's stuff that you can study. There's books that you can read. There's nutritionists you can speak to. There's a doctor that you can speak to. Um, infertility specialists will definitely talk to you about your diet. So all of that, there's, there's help out there. So along with a good diet, um, I know avoiding caffeine was something that our infertility doctor was pretty specific about, um, at which of course we've been drinking caffeine prior and got pregnant. So it's not like you can't (laughs) become pregnant, but it does inhibit some of those swimmers and issues Mm -hmm. with the eggs. So, um, and along with that, drinking lots of water. I really recommend every woman have a really great supplement um regimen you don't want to be taking one dailies. we talk about this in the course like how do you spot a good supplement yeah usually it's not a one a day usually it's made from things that are no it not usually it should be made from <laughs> things that are bioavailable meaning the vitamins and minerals and nutrients that they extract are coming directly from plants not made chemically in a lab and so you want to make sure you're on something that's going to support whole body wellness because our food frankly just isn't as nutrient dense as it sometimes should be yeah Um, and along with that is regular physical exercise and that can look different for everybody but something that gets your heart rate moving um, this has to do with your hormones with I mean with all kinds of systems in your body making sure that you're moving your body for 20 to 30 minutes a day um, fairly actively is is the recommendation. But I would think not in a way that stresses it. Absolutely. You don't want to be stressing your body, but you do want to, you know, get your heart rate up and Mm -hmm. get your body moving. Um, You also want to be sure that you are working with a midwife or a specialist to find somebody who's going to um, help you get to the root cause of whatever you're going through, that they'll sit there and take the time to listen to you and that you're working with the right provider that's going to help you through your journey. Yeah. And that can also be an MD or an OB. Um, I, I have my own issues <laughs> as we've talked about before, um, working with people that are, what I find with midwives and specialists specifically is they have a bit more training in those areas where I feel like an OB is trained for surgery and the what ifs in case things go wrong. Um, I feel like midwives take a lot of time to, um, train for the, the whole body. They, they really the learn. Yeah. And what that looks like. Um, and then obviously fertility specialists are going to have and a like little Stephanie more said, this isn't true of all MDs. It was for me, it was an OB that helped me to sit down and take time and yeah. figure out and dig deep and find out what was pregnant. But you know what we mean, you know, what qualities to look for, um, regular and adequate sleep. We cannot stress the importance of rest and stress management. One of the ironic things that can happen and does happen frequently. Sometimes women get so obsessed with tracking their ovulation and basal body temperature and checking their cervical mucus. Um, they're, they're taking pregnancy tests sometimes multiple times a month. They become obsessive mm-hmm. about it. And well, and it kills the the sex experience <laughs> and everything. Sex isn't for fun or enjoyment right. or pleasure anymore. It's yeah. to get a job done, right? And so if you suspect that you're someone who is knowing all the things about what your body is doing is actually stressing you out, stop. Take a break from it for a little bit. I don't think it's ironic that sometimes women who just say, you know what, we're done. We're going to adopt a baby. <laughs> they go to adopt a baby and three months later they're pregnant. It's because in some cases, not always, but they've relaxed about it. They've quit stressing about it. Or Stephanie, you had told me earlier, there's some women who, you know what, we're going to go on a vacation. We just, mm-hmm. we need to like escape all of this. We're not going to think or worry about it and genuinely don't think or worry about it. 
and then get pregnant on mm-hmm. the vacation. Yeah, stress is a thing, which I always think is funny because I remember like doctors will ask me, well, are you more stressed? And I'm like, I've been like pregnant and having babies all these, like my husband's job is cra- like, right. there's never not, I don't know how to judge that. I've always been stressed, you know? Right. So. But take care to manage those emotions, rest and stress management. There's wonderful natural tools that you can use for those things. Um, but just evaluate your life. Are there things that you can stop worrying about? Are there things that you can say no to? Or is there some more time that you can take for yourself? Some meditations you can do. There's right. yoga. I mean, there's all kinds Are of things. Are you getting adequate sleep going to bed at regular times? I think that's important. Yeah. Um, and then the other part, that physical stuff that we had already talked about, get the tests, grab the ovulation trackers, track your ovulation, temp your stuff. Um, and then make sure you're having regular intercourse, which I know seems like a given, but <laughs> right? Like if you're, especially if you've got kids and stuff already, sometimes you got to schedule that in. So doing that and then. Um, you have to do it to make a you, baby. Sorry, guys. It's just part and of the typically process. typically doing it more than once sometimes uh-huh. is helpful. Just sure your, sure your partner would be more than happy to help you with that Agreed. aspect of it. Yes. Um, and then something that has worked for me, especially just feeling good about everything, but I know has worked for many women is prayer, some kind of spiritual connection to an, a source greater than yourself that wants good for you. Somebody, yeah, you are loved. You are worthy. You are absolutely deserving of welcoming a baby or another baby into your home. And so really start to internalize that and connect yourself to um to your creator who will help you to know those truths yeah and on that note making sure that you're putting you know positive things into your mind we talk about that all the time but a lot of times it's easy to go onto websites and do all the research and get you know really technical about everything and try and figure out what's going on and um i think sometimes the best thing to do is to really fill our minds with positive things like um the social media that we're consuming Mm-hmm. <clears throat> at my essential birth um, <laughs> right like people that are gonna breathe happy beautiful wonderful life-giving life-giving things into you absolutely so mamas if this is you if you're walking this journey you are not alone we are right here with you we've been through it ourselves stephanie is going through it we want you to know there's a whole community of people who can love and support you but know that you are worthy and that you are most definitely enough All right, mamas, we will be back with more tips and advice soon. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe so that you get notifications first about new episodes. And don't forget to head over to myessentialbirth.com for more information on the birth course and to join our online community serving pregnant mamas just like you.